Welcome to the Empowered Empath Podcast. My name is Ashley Jones, and I'm an energy mentor and plant medicine practitioner. My goal with this podcast is aiding you in your own discovery of finding the tools you need to pass down a prodigy, provide you with the prep work to shatter old belief systems, and to teach you to establish new foundations to lead yourself and the collective into a new level of consciousness where we can rewild and redefine the definition of what it is to be an empath. Let this podcast guide you to the new Arab empaths that epically pave the way of their own healing so together we can each establish and own our own creator power and bear witness to the new age through healing and manifestation. Welcome to the new awakening. Hey everyone, so we are hopping on hot here. We are doing episode nine with a little bit of change. I guess my last episode was on narcissism and being in a relationship with my ex-husband. And I guess it was very, very powerful and very informative. So I'm doing a part two. So this one's not necessarily something that you have to listen to. Obviously, it's a little bit more personal. So it will be touching based on a lot of events over the last past um, few years of my life. I was in this relationship for about five years, roughly. Um, So I will try to cram it in in about 40 minutes or so. So just bear with me. this one's a little bit more of a personal story rather than um, tips and value. But of course, if you are wanting to know a little bit more detail of how I ended up where I am, my awakening, those kind of things, that's probably going to be in here. Um, and we will try to fit it in with the next little bit of recording. So as we get going, the stories might be a little bit all over the place. I just kind of wrote out some jot notes of where I want to touch base and everything. but. Um, Please just, if you listen, um, hold space and I hope even if it doesn't have tips and tricks in it, that you still take value from this episode and share it with someone because these episodes are extremely important. They're a little bit on the deeper, darker side, but um, they just hold space for those who've been in similar situations or need to understand where I'm coming from. So one of the first... um, events that has happened it happened when I moved out to Oregon so out west um I already had Leviathan at this point and um we were out west and we were looking at apartments and townhouses still and my ex knew at this point that I was leaving him um into Leviathan with me I don't know how I made it out of there but I did this was after talking to both um the Canadian embassy and the American embassy but I did end up getting out of there. Um, when we were in his apartment um, in Oregon, we um, we were um, living with no furniture. There was no couches, no beds. Um, basically, whatever the apartment had is what we were living with, besides a few dishes, some towels, um, some necessities for Leviathan, and, and obviously the food in the fridge and the money that we had. Um, Everything that I moved back with to Canada fit in the back of a SUV, didn't come in a U-Haul truck, um, didn't, you know, it, it came in boxes and it came in the back of a, an SUV and that was it, like everything else I left behind. Um, so if you're wondering why I live like a minimalist lifestyle or don't own a lot, um, that's why um, most of my stuff now fits in my bedroom. Um or a little bit outside of my bedroom, which is mostly my books on my bookshelf. But anyways, so 
things got really sketchy near the end. Um, not that the whole relationship wasn't sketchy, but um, the uh, things were going really sketchy. Um, there was um, times when he tried to bring homeless people into the apartment with my young child. Um, there was times that he would go out drinking for hours. Um, when I thought he was working a full-time job, him and his sister were going to the movies or going shopping or doing whatever they were doing while I was at home taking care of um, our son. But when I decided to go home, I, again, I don't really know how I made it home. <laughs> it's beyond my wildest imagination um, that I made it home safe. But when I got home safe, I received a phone call from the hospital. And um, sorry, I just wrote down something else I want to talk about. But um, we made it home and I got a call. Uh, it was December 17th from the hospital. And I was still the next kin at the time. So I received a phone call that my husband, my ex-husband had been stabbed. And of course, you know, there's the news version, his version and everybody else's version. And his version was that he had some people living with him and that he asked them to get out and he pulled a gun on them, a handgun. Yes, a handgun that he brought with him. That He's not allowed access to guns, but in the States, um, if you're aware of the laws, they're a little bit more loosey-goosey down there. Um, but uh, so he had a gun on him that I didn't know about. So his story was that. His story was that there was a couple guys living with him. Um, he asked them to get out. He pulled this handgun out on them that he had with him. Um, and you'll hear more about this handgun later. Um, but he um, turned around and pulled this gun on them. And in return, these people stabbed him. Um, he ended up crawling to the door, finally getting out of the apartment and being able to call the police or whoever he needed to call the ambulance. Now, um the other version that the news shared with me um well that I found so he said he got stabbed I wanted to look it up in the news it was my mom's idea and mind you even though I left after this I was still very naive and very gullible about the relationship and of course I'm still healing um back then I'm still healing now but I was still healing back then and um part of me like that's the thing when you leave somebody and um, you leave a narcissist they want you to feel the guilt they want you to feel like you're the bad one um, that you're the cause of everything and you truly believe that so I felt really guilty um, when I left for a number of different reasons but looking this up on the um, internet there was multiple news stories on it um, and I, I told my ex about this and <laughs> he tried to convince me even though there was a picture of this guy like my ex-husband on the front of this newspaper, on the front of this news article, on the website and everything, um, sitting there on the curb, arrested and everything, he tried to convince me that he, that wasn't him, that that was somebody else, um, and it was like, you know, you know your spouse, like, I knew this guy, um, this year, I believe it is going to be 20 years, I'm not going to do the math off the top of my head, but it's about 20 years I've known him, um, so, he tried to tell me that it wasn't him in handcuffs, that it was somebody else, that it wasn't him sitting on the side of the curb, and that I was basically delusional and shouldn't think like that, blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you, um, in these kind of relationships with a narcissist, you will 
question everything about yourself. Whether you believe it to be true or not, they will work so hard on convincing you that you have done something even though you know you haven't. That is their goal. Their goal is to gaslight you to um, create themselves into a victim. Whatever they do, it's about them, but they're never the one to blame. They're always the innocent one. It doesn't matter if you're having the smallest argument, biggest argument, whatever you're arguing about, it's all about them and being the good person. Um, so this handgun, another story when I came back. So this handgun um, has had multiple places in this relationship. Um, he um, sent me pictures when I left of him with it on the side of the bathtub, um, asking me if it sexually aroused me if he was gonna kill himself. It like literally asked me if he killed himself, what it turned me on. Um, uh, he threatened to kill himself multiple times. I had to call the police and do a wellness check on him. Um, so I called from Ontario at my sister's place and had to find the local police station in Oregon to do a um, wellness check on him. And uh, you know, part of me regrets it because part of me is still like, fuck, I wish you would just end it. But then there's part of me that's also very forgiving. And I always try to see the good in people. But man, does this man, this boy ever, ever, ever test your ability to forgive people. And I know it's the right thing, you know, light love and this. But you know what? I'm not ready to forgive right now. And that's totally okay. I've tried numerous times. I've gone through therapy for it. And I'm just not ready to forgive him yet. And that's totally okay. I think it would be a little bit different if I didn't have to have him in my lifestyle because of Leviathan. But I do. Um, so it's not quite as black and white as I would like it to be. Um, so anyway, so he had pictures of him um, with bullets, with the gun, in the bathtub, um, and sending it to me. Um, again, asking me if it's going to arouse me, if he tries to kill himself, that he was going to kill himself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was times at his mother's house when we lived in Illinois that he um, tried to teach me how to safely, quote unquote, use a gun in the house, um, like how to load it and blah, blah, blah. And he would show me, but he would say, oh, I have the safety on. And the first time he did it, he had the safety on. We were sitting at the end of her bed, like my ex-mother-in-law's bed, um, on the side of it. And like her bedroom has a bathroom in it. And so we were sitting on the edge of the bed and the bathroom would have been right in front of us. And there's multiple cats, multiple dogs there. Um, but uh, anyway, we were sitting on the edge of the bed and he was trying to show me how to safely use this gun. Um, and he'd tell me how to load it and everything. Um, again, in the States, they have very loose rules on owning a gun and whatnot. Um, and uh, she was able to keep this gun in her nightside table. And I'm still extremely thankful to this day that Leviathan wasn't really walking at her house or anything because it just blows my mind. It scares me um, that, you know, it wasn't in proper storage. And um, so anyway, um, this gun goes off the first time and like well it doesn't go off but you load it you get it ready you aim it and we were aiming a bathroom all nothing nothing happened or whatever and then he shows me it again this time the gun goes off and it goes through the bathroom wall all into it anyway um it's just like a little i don't know what it's called it's a little handgun it's a little pocket-sized one i don't freaking know i don't know guns 
but I just remember like having a freaking heart attack because <laughs> this gun's going off, aiming at the wall. There's cats in the bathroom, and I'm scared shitless that these poor animals are gonna get freaking shot and killed. And you know, it, it just it just baffles me, you know. And I was just so naive at the time. And you're young and you're dumb and you're in love and you're an empath and you just want to see the good in people. You want to be there for them no matter what. And it was very drilled into my mind growing up. And I'm not trying to blame my parents, but it was very drilled into my mind that you stay with your spouse basically no matter what. And even though today I don't believe that, I still see my parents stay together. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, some days they're an amazing couple and then other days I'm like, what the fuck? Um, but that's not for me to decide. But for me to decide I was not going to stay in that relationship any longer was what um, was happening with me. This man threw things in the lake. I'm talking anything that was good of mine. He took things that meant the most to me um, and threw them in the lake. He threw bicycles in the ice in the lake. Um, in the middle of winter time, he threw my herbs because I'm an avid um, plant medicine practitioner. He took them and threw them in the lake, even though I grew them for little tiny babies when I was first starting my business. Um, he literally like cleared shelves of, like he threw my grandmother's ashes, like you name it. And this guy was literally just a monster in human flesh. <laughs> um, it didn't matter all the things he threw, how many times he threw them, what he threw, it always came back to, no, that never happened. Do you imagine that? Oh, no, that wasn't me. It must have been you. No, you're absolutely wrong. I would never do that to your stuff. Time and time again. He'd lie about injuries, hurting himself, how he hurt himself drug use in St. Louis and how he'd get drugs and fall asleep at the table, fall asleep on the car ride home, fall asleep watching Leviathan with him in his arms, drunk or on drugs and on the edge of the bed or Leviathan would be in an unsafe situation. No, it didn't happen. He would lie and convince me that in July, um, I believe it was 2017, um, just before I moved to Oregon, my sister, and my dad came down and mind you, my parents and my family, they never knew what I was going through. Social media never knew what I was going through because I grew up and I'm a strong, independent woman. And dare I ever show that I need help because I needed help my entire life because of multiple learning disabilities. But dare I show as an adult that I need help. In July of 2017, right before I moved to Oregon, my sister and my dad came down and they saw a glimpse of my life. There was alcohol bottles hidden all over the house in the back of the toilet bowl where the tank sits in under the sink behind cleaning products out in the tool shed. Um, sorry, not in the tool shed, out in the, the garage, in the, the pile of tools, in the recycling bins, in my fishing tank, in my storage stuff in the basement in bins of things. I still have alcohol um, of his that was in my stuff when I brought it back from Can uh, to Canada and he would lie about it. He made me give up paying bills so he could just buy another 26 ounce or a pint 
or Mickey or whatever they call it in the States, just one more. And in July 2017, when my sister and my dad came and they were going through things, my dad used to be an alcoholic. So he looked at me and he said to me, I understand what you're going through. He is an alcoholic. But when he said it, even though my dad comes off as a caring, compassionate person, he said it with a lot of anger in him because he was scared for me. And I was scared. I was scared to leave because I didn't know what would happen if I did leave. I was scared if I left, would he still come and find me and kill me, even though there was a border separating us? I was scared of what people would think of me or how my life would look like with or without him. And what it came down to is him losing it because I tried to tell him I wanted to go home and he was trying to convince me that my own father and my own sister were trying to kidnap me and my son and bring us back home to Ontario, Canada. And I would have loved to have gone then. But one more try, one more try in this relationship. So let's move out west. Let's move further away from my family because that makes the most sense. Because the west is beautiful. It's a fresh start. It's a geographical change. And there's just so much more opportunity over there for us to go and live and go and hike and worship and not worship, but um, find the meaning in Mother Nature where Illinois doesn't really have that. It's more of a farm town um, and it's flat. And, you know, he always felt like he was in a prison, but really who were the ones that lived in the prison? But he tried to convince me up and down and he lost his shit that my family, my sister, and my dad were trying to kidnap Leviathan and I. Then when I moved back to Ontario, Canada, and I had to hold off six months, I had to try and convince him to just hold off a little longer because Leviathan didn't have jurisdiction anywhere, which meant that Illinois or Oregon or Canada did not want legal responsibility of my child because we didn't live anywhere long enough. And I'm so thankful to this day that I woke up when I did spiritually. And it didn't come with rainbows and a sudden nudge of intuition, like I need to get the fuck out of there. It just came one day when we were fighting and throwing things at each other. And he threw Leviathan's car seat. Thankfully, he wasn't in it, but he threw it across his sister's living room. And that was the day that I said, enough is enough. Because every time we got in a fight, he would tell me we need a divorce. And finally, I said, yeah, you're right, we do. So when I was back here and I had to convince him the Leviathan just needed to stay with me a little bit longer so he could get a health card, even though this ex-husband of mine, the father of this child of mine, denied getting Leviathan a health card, handing over rights so Leviathan could get proper health care, free health care in Canada. He denied it. Finally, I was able to get it. But he... I had to try and convince him that Leviathan was allowed to come stay a little longer with me because he wanted Leviathan back after six months of him being here. That was the only agreement he would give me. So I needed to fight to be able to have Leviathan stay here longer so I could get full custody of him, which by the way, I did win for 
whatever you want to say, I end up getting full access to life and I have final say. Thank the Lord, thank the source, universe, whatever you want to call it, the turtle on Turtle Island. I don't even know anymore, but thankfully he is in my care. But come hell or high water, my ex-husband tried to convince the courts that I kidnapped my child. Thankfully, when he tried to, uh, to tell the courts that I kidnapped this child of mine, that um, they didn't buy it because he waited a year and a half later to file the paperwork for it. If I'm thankful for anything, I'm thankful at how stupid he is with the legal system. Sometimes he has gotten away with it for so many years. This guy has over 36 charges. I kid you not, 36 charges criminal history on his record that I'm aware of and you say to me Ashley why would you marry a guy with 36 charges and I would say to you I only knew of one or two DUIs and that was it and at the time I knew him 17 years so this this guy this narcissist is to be able to paint you the most beautiful showboaty fantasy canvas that you've ever laid your eyes on that's what narcissists do they paint you this beautiful picture until the others around you see it but you don't there was a time when we were still in illinois we were (laughs) um coming back from our honeymoon and it's so funny like I joke about my marriage all the time now um I joke that my day of my wedding was so bombarded with a shit show that it should have fallen apart on the seams of the day of the wedding but I was persistent naive and gullible and supposedly in love so I thought no no we will continue. My parents spent this money. I can't let anybody down. I will deal with it. So this was pre-Leviathan times. And when I say my wedding went wrong, I mean like the flowers got spray painted and the color came off on them. My wedding dress ripped. The DJ sucked. The food sucked. It was 111 degrees Fahrenheit without the humidity in a long sleeve dress. My ex was on who knows what drugs sweating. There was people that weren't invited to the wedding, came to the wedding anyway and demanded a spot at the head table. There was people on drugs everywhere and nobody was dancing. And it was just, you know, like the, like you take your ideal wedding or whatever you fantasize about and you take your perfect day and you picture it. And then you picture everything that can go wrong and it should have been a sign, but it wasn't. Maybe it was, but I just ignored it. But anyway, so we're on this honeymoon <laughs> and I don't know how I convinced him, but there was a few things that we really shared in common, like wanting to live small in a tiny house. If you're aware of the tiny house movement, we both have small carbon footprints. So I'm thankful for that. And we went to Colorado to a tiny house convention or event, whatever you want to call it. And we got to go inside of like, I don't know, 20, 30 different tiny houses and check them out and get ideas and 
um, I had to drive, I think it was a 14 hour drive each way. And I did it in one day. And then the other day the, on the way back, I did it in like a day and a half. Cause I was just so exhausted. And we fought the whole time on our honeymoon, the whole time there, the whole time back. He had to buy alcohol. We had to make stops for alcohol. This was really when the alcoholism started showing. Um, we got married in June. I moved there in, no, sorry. Oh my goodness. We got married in July. I want to say July. Anyway, unimportant because I try to erase that from my memory. But I, I moved there in May. So um, the thing is when you move there, um, on a fiance visa, it's literally like the show 90 Day Fiance. If you've ever seen it on TLC, I believe it is. I won't watch it. It's freaking, it triggers me. Not gonna lie. I know it's just a show, but I, I just can't. Anyway, 90 Day Fiance literally is what you have. You have 90 days, whether you know your partner or you don't, you have 90 days to get married while you're there or you get sent back home. So we married in July. Um, and, uh, we went on this honeymoon in Colorado. On our way back, the weather was atrocious. We had sun, then we had rain, then it flooded, and it snowed all in the same day. All in the same day. <laughs> Could you know? And then we were heading back, and I'm 31 years old this year. And I'm, if you know me, like if you know me personally, for the most part, I'm pretty straight-laced. Um, I never really partied growing up. My dad was an alcoholic um, in my younger years, and it wasn't really something we talked about as a family unit. I just knew the effects of it. So I just, um, even though I was young, it just stayed in my mind to never really get into it. Um, never went into drugs. My parents weren't, you know, they, they had their opinions on weed. And back then it wasn't really something that I was knowledgeable about. I just didn't want to do it. And then I got a head injury in high school where I almost lost my life and I didn't really want to try it then either because I was always afraid if I drank and did drugs again I need to be my people that I trusted <laughs> anyway um sorry I had to pause it slide. it wasn't troubling me but um Okay, so yeah, so I never really did drugs or anything. I'm pretty straight-laced. Even now, I've tried pot twice, two times, three times, sorry. And it just, it does something to my head injury. And some reason, instead of mellowing me out, it gets me really snippy. So I'm just not a fan of it. Um, and those three times I tried in edibles because I just don't want to smoke anything because my asthma is missing that, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so long story short, we're on our way back from Colorado. And... Uh, this honeymoon from hell couldn't get much worse by the way we were camping in a tent that got flooded too and he made me spend two thousand dollars on a camping trip because you know you need every goddamn thing that you can think of for this camping trip you need state-of-the-art stoves and tents and the outfits to work with it and this and that but of course you're in a new marriage so you're willing to spend all your finances that you gain from your wedding on this stupid camping trip from hell. <laughs> Still a little better, you know? Um, but uh, anyway, so we were on our way back from Colorado and I wanted to try pot. I wanted to try these edibles, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. 
and it's legal in Colorado. And my naive ass thought, you know, and he, he's such a smooth criminal that he will convince you of anything that you need to hear. He's got the words for you. Any emotion that you need to feel, he can't really feel them, but he convinces you that you can. And uh, we bought edibles in Colorado and I was like, okay, got the receipt, made it through the store, spent $60, American, whatever, <laughs> about $120 Canadian roughly. And uh, we are driving Colorado and he convinced me that he needed to drive because I was so fucking tired and I just wanted to find a hotel. And he wasn't supposed to be driving him at the time. And I know, I know. But I was so tired and I didn't care at this point. I got pulled over by this little back road cop in a little dinky ass town. And I still don't remember. And he convinced us that we were speeding. And I might have been asleep at the time. And then I woke up. And police pulled us over. And I was like, sure. And he convinced me he wasn't speeding. But why would a cop pull you over if you're only going two kilometers over, you know? So I explained the situation to the cop. And thank God he was forgiving. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Like, you guys going, like, just a little bit over the speed limit. Just make sure you pull over, find a hotel. Yes, officer. Absolutely. And he goes to me and my partner at the time. Um, do you have any marijuana or edibles or anything in the back? Steve was going to say no, but me being the good, honest person that I am, I even wrap myself out at my full-time job when I do something wrong or don't get along with a customer. And then he say, yep, we sure do, officer. You can find it on the left-hand side in the back, and it's under this and this, and we have the receipts. Because I was afraid. I've never been in trouble in my life. This officer had a search dog in his vehicle. And I just didn't want a bad record. And I was in another country and I've only been there for like two months. So we get arrested. And we get brought into the, like, into the police station. And it was in the basement of something. And like, I think I had like, maybe one holding cell on like a little office room. And then I had another office. And then like a little bit of like, um drug paraphernalia on display and that was basically it like literally just like a three-part little tiny ass cop shop and I was scared shitless. I bawled my eyes out and he was fine I bawled my eyes oh I've never been in trouble I was scared shitless and they questioned us in two different rooms and I told the officer, I have a clean record. This is my name. This is this. This is why I'm here. This is this happening. Blah, 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 blah. Please don't do anything. I've never done anything in my life. I'm innocent. And I gave them all my edibles and I took them. And thankfully, whatever he said to them, convinced them we were able to be released. We weren't ever put in handcuffs, thankfully, because we were both cooperative. But we had to have our fingerprints taken. And pictures taken and <laughs> scariest shit ever let me tell you um and uh as we were leaving police officer shook my hand there was two of them and 
he gave me a regular chocolate bar. And he gave me a business card. Or whatever his cop, like his, his uh, like business card or whatever you want to call it, whatever. And, you know, if you ever have to go to court or anything, you know, you can contact me. Sorry, my family cat's meowing his head off in the background. But anyway, um, you know, you have a great day, blah, blah, blah. When we got arrested, <laughs> part of my name popped up. And uh, there was multiple different names with it. So his true identity and two other names. And I can't remember exactly what he said to me because I didn't really question that at the time because there was a few events where it was like, it didn't add up, but like you didn't really question it at the time of the relationship. But um, he had multiple different ally names or um, whatever you want to call them, just multiple different identities. And that's is what I believe now. At the time, he just told me, oh, it must have been like confused with my my identity or who was, or I don't know that person. And the cops went for it. So now to this day, I don't know who or what he uses. Um, I've noticed that sometimes he has his last name spelled different ways. Um, but anyway, that's basically it for this episode um, of stories. I'm sure I could tell you a million more if I really wanted to. Um, but, um, just take this episode in and run with it. Whether you've experienced something similar or this just makes you aware of what to watch out for, I hope to the high heavens or whatever you want to call them, not a religious person by any means, that you find something in this episode or you share it with somebody because it's crazy out there sometimes we think we know people for years and they paint us this beautiful picture and it turns out to be the opposite my mom always said to me you should be on the show a stranger that I thought I knew or something along those lines because you think you know these people especially the people that you're married to and I'm not saying that you should fear romantic relationships or anything like that but as an empath or highly sensitive person, we are attracted to these types of people. We wholeheartedly pull out, pull, bleh, pour out our hearts and give them our souls and expect others to treat us the way we would treat them. That we would care and give them unconditional love and be there for support system. But instead, the only thing they are doing is supporting themselves, looking out for number one, because number two will never exist. We uh, live some crazy lives sometimes. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how do I carry on? Or, like, like I, I don't often talk about these kind of situations. And I don't really know why I brought it up this time besides trying to teach others. Because I think it's important not to share only good parts of ourselves but the parts that made us who we are and when I experienced my spiritual awakening like I said it was when I was in Oregon and I don't know the exact moment it wasn't just like damn here we are awake and loving life I was just so sick of everything going on around me 
that something just clicked and I still don't know what that clicking part was but enough was enough and I just knew that Leviathan safety my safety was number one priority not that I didn't think it was before but this time it was like okay Ashley you've been sinking far too long it's time that you start treading water and get the fuck out of there but that's basically it guys um like I said just be aware be aware of the signs be aware of somebody use use your fillers like be aware of them trying to lie to you go with your gut instinct your intuition because for too long I ignored mine even though I was highly intuitive even though I'm highly intuitive now and if you pick up on any of the traits in the previous episode about narcissistic behaviors or narcissistic personalities run the other way it's not worth it I don't care if it's a boss it's a partner if it's your parents cut ties co-workers of mine we were talking the other day and this one co-worker of mine she's just absolutely incredible she's such a young soul but she knows so much already she treats the animals that come across her like they are her brothers and sisters and when it comes to narcissistic behaviors and personalities she had them right in her extended family and in her own um What's the word I'm looking for? Own inner family. We're calling it inner family because I can't think of the freaking name right now, the word that I want. Um, but she knew, she knew exactly what I was talking about. And she had to make the brave decision to cut ties as well. And that's the thing though. When you cut ties from a narcissist, they will do anything. They will cause self-harm to themselves. They will do whatever drastic decision it is to make sure that the limelight is still on them each and every time. Do not feel guilty. Set those boundaries. Like the fucking bridge on fire and I will throw you the matches. We are here to make a movement, but we are not here to save others. When we aid in ourselves in the rising and awakening of who we are, when we heal ourselves, we give others permission to heal themselves. We don't do it for them. We can show them the way as being a lighthouse, but we are only the lighthouse. We aren't, you know, the Coast Guard leading them from ship to the light and everything. That is on them. You are only a torch for so long and then eventually it will go out. So do not burn up all your energy. I'm trying to convince narcissists that they are people too because even though they are people and they are still someone's family members and kids and nieces and nephews and grandchildren and this and that and somebody's friend, they don't bring you a lot of good, but what they do bring you are a lot of lessons. Anyway, I'm sure I've chatted your ear off long enough. I wish you all the best. Let me know what you think of this episode. Please, please, please find it in your heart, in your soul to share it with someone because somebody needs to hear this message, whether you learned something or not, or you just wanted to know a little bit more of my life. This episode is rich and full of real raw energy and it's got to find someone out there as always thank you so much for joining me i appreciate you being here even if there's only just one listener i know my message is getting out there and somebody wants to hear it i love you all love light and especially darkness in this episode it makes you who you are bye thank you so much for joining me i had such a delightful time as always 
even if this podcast episode only reaches one person, I know that my energy, my medicine, and my purpose has been served. You can definitely find me on Conscious Collective on Facebook, and the group there is absolutely elevating for the conscious mind of empaths, highly sensitive people, and influencers. There you can find free value as well as just learning materials and a really tight-knit community. You can find me on Facebook under Leviathan's Co. or on Instagram or Pinterest. And you can find me at www.leviathanscove.com. That's L-E-V-I-A-T-H-A-N-S-C-O-V-E.com. And there you can find all my shop products with pure, organic, beautifully handcrafted plant medicine products programs, one-on-one coaching or mentoring, and so much more. Thank you as always. Love, light, and dark. Make sure that you embrace your body, elevate your mind, and enrich your soul. 